Amen. God bless you. Thank you. you may be seated this morning. Our children are going to be dismissed at this time to Children's Church, but after they, they move on, let's just, I feel like that's a weight of a word. Whatever God says about you is true of you. But here's the question, what do you hear God say about you? Does God say you're not enough? Does God say, oh no, you've gone too far. There's no grace for that. Does God say, you are my beloved child? And I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with your faith in my son Jesus. I'm pleased that when you fall down and you fail, you come confessing to me to receive from me what only I can give you. I'm pleased with you. Here's what I want us to do just for a minute. Bow your heads, bow your hearts. Be still before the Lord. Let him speak. Maybe there's a word that he needs to speak to you and and this would just be a time that you could hear it and receive it. Maybe that's the prayer. What, What do you have to say about me, Father? Lord, here's what I know. You don't always have a pleasant word to speak over me because I'm not always pleasant. But Lord, here's what I know about you. Wisdom, your wisdom and your word teaches me that whenever you offer me a word, it's corrective or encouraging. Something to either continue on in the right path or to turn me towards the right path. You never offer me a word that is condemning. To bring me to a place where there is no hope. Lord, so often... We don't hear your voice, but we hear the voice of our enemy who accuses us, who makes us want to run to the old tricks of denial 
that we have any problems or despair because of all of our brokenness. But Lord, you call us to the place of hope. Accountability. And ultimately to the place where we can come to you where from you we could receive grace and mercy. Lord, might we come to you. Might we hear from you. Today, Lord, we thank you that we have this time together. We pray that you would meet with us as you already have been meeting with us. Lord, I love you. I ask that everything that we do today would bring honor and glory to you. It would equip us not only to bring honor and glory to you in this space, but as we go from this place each day this week, each trial and each testing will find us made ready to look like your son, Jesus. I pray these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name. Amen. In John chapter number 13, Jesus has this moment where he he gets up from the place where they were eating and he and he takes off his his clothes that he was wearing at the mill and, and he wraps um, like a towel around him. It's a servant's cloth, really. It's servant's wardrobe, really. And as his disciples are sitting there reclined around the table, Jesus goes and, and, and they would have been probably like, kneeling on their left hand with their feet out all around this table. And Jesus begins to, he comes over here and he has a couple of basins and he bends down and he begins to pour water from one basin over the feet and let that water wash away the dirt and the grime and the dust and the, uh, all that they picked up on those uh, Judean roads that day or the days previous. And this thing that he did, John, John describes it uh, in John chapter number 13 as one of his acts of loving his own unto the end. Andreas Kostenberger says, says that statement right there, he loved his own unto the very end. That statement has a dual, temporal, and intensive meaning. And I'll tell you the rest of the quote here in just a second. If it will load for me. But it won't. So I won't. Um, you know, technology... Technology. Why have she filled me? This, what he did here, was an act of love towards his disciples. And the day following, when he hung on the cross, that was an act of love. Not only to his own, but to the whole world. 
Jesus did this thing and, and it was an act of love, but, 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 but actually too, it revealed what type of love that he has on offer. And his love comes by the way of him serving. You know, that song that we sang, Who Am I? That the highest king would ransom me. Let's go back. Who am I that the highest king would serve me? Now some have taken this down through the years and they thought, oh, it's one of the rituals or rites that we should. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all know this. If you throw a fishing pole up, Fishing pole in the Pond Baptist, you will come up with a different one every time. You'll Independent Baptist, Southern Baptist, American Baptist, Reformed Baptist, uh, Free Will Baptist. Did y'all know that there's some foot washing Baptist? And Kostenberger says Jesus wasn't giving them a new ritual. A new right. But he was exemplifying to them that they were to follow him and loving others by serving them. This is on my heart, my mind today because we we have always given to missions. It's been, as I said a few weeks ago, it's like the lifeline of Friendswood Baptist Church. I believe that in times where we could look around and we could go, man, things are looking a little bit scary and go, God, why, why are we still here? We, because we have people who are faithful to give to the work. But we also uh, are committed to serve here locally. And you know, one of the beautiful things about being a small church is you recognize your limitations. There's some things that we just cannot do ourselves. We couldn't, there's programs that we couldn't organize ourselves. Ways of service in which we could imagine and we could dream, but we really, you, you need the resources and you need the manpower and we don't get to have all that. But what that does is that helps us go beyond ourselves. See, I'll tell you, I think, I think sometimes we get into this mode individually or in our families or in churches even where we think, man, we got to figure it out and we got to do it all. And we can also get proud like we have figured it out and we are doing it all. And what I love about, you know, Friends of Baptist Church's identity in this regard is we know that we haven't figured it out and we can't do it all, but we've learned that some other people are doing it really, really well. And what we can do is take our energy that we have and we can plug into the energy that they have going on. Our resources that we have and we can support. And so this morning, we're going to look at a few different uh, 
local nonprofit organizations that we uh, have partnered with or we uh, partner with regularly. Um, and, and here's what we want to do. Everything that we do as a church, we want to not only raise awareness to y'all about these uh, organizations, we're going to tell you, hey, there's going to be days that we're going to facilitate as a church that we're going to go serve with these organizations. But, 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 but more than that, what we want you to do is we want you to take ownership of it. We want you to go, hey, look, when you are looking for somewhere to serve, uh, some way in which the, the Lord can use you in the work, you don't have to start with a blank slate. You can at least start with some really good ministries that we would recommend to you. And you could say, oh, you know what? I, 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 kinda, I wanna use this energy. I, I, I wanna use this, this, this passion, this gift, this skill, this talent, this ability. Maybe I don't have any of those things to offer, but I just want to go do something. You can call one of these. And so without further ado, uh, I'm going to uh, bring up our first uh, guest with us today. And he's not even a guest. He is our, our own brother, Donnie Van Akron. Um, he's only a guest today because we've missed him throughout this COVID uh, season. Um, but Donnie uh, is the uh, president, CEO of the Galveston County or executive director, however they name you, of the Galveston County Food Bank. Everybody welcome him as he comes. I know you're going to understand. Yeah. Brother Donnie was with us last year. Um, Brother Donnie, what is, you've been with the food bank, is it now uh, three years? Probably going on four. Well, going on four. Okay, yeah. Uh, that time warp um, from 2020, March 2020 through, uh, you know, 2022, it's like what happened there. But uh, four years, that's amazing. And, um, and just briefly, uh, you know, one of the things that kind of, how, how, what happened in your heart that made you kind of, even get into the food bank? Oh gosh, I, I didn't even really know there was a food bank in Galveston County. Yeah. Um, and uh, just looking for an opportunity where I could volunteer somewhere. And, and uh, it, if, if you guys remember, it goes back to the GoTel times when we, when we helped uh, with GoTel. Uh, Macaulay nudged me into helping with that. And, and it was just very rewarding getting to work with the kids and things like that. And and uh, had the opportunity to, to volunteer someplace and I heard about, I guess maybe even was through you, Ron, in some degree, um, with what was going on in Texas City. And, and uh, lo and behold, the next thing I know, um, I'm running the place. <laughs> so Donnie's a success story, right? No, well, and, and just so y'all understand, Donnie had spent like close to 15, 20 years in, um, in management for the Houston Chronicle. Um, and he had, uh, you know, ended that season, uh, had an opportunity. I would have never in a million years thought, oh, I'm going to bring Donnie to some meetings for this Go Tell crusade. And, and what happened, he ended up being a leader in that endeavor, uh, helping organize, plan a whole bunch with that. And, uh, and, then, and then what the Lord's done in your heart since then and, um, and where he's brought you to. So I think that's really cool. And this is the kind of thing that we're talking about right now. It was just, hey, I have a, I, I have a passion. Something is burning within me. And next thing you know, you're running the place. So you too, just like Donnie. Um, and everybody, oh no. <laughs> 
Um, so, um, so the food bank's been doing, it's been growing every year, um, been increasing. Um, what, what are some of the, like the big things maybe that you would say uh, this last year that, uh, that were just highlights, maybe service um, partnerships that y'all have had and, and, and service opportunities that y'all have had? Well, it seems like it's just been overnight that when I first started, I think we had um, 17 full-time employees or something. Now we're over um, 37, 38 wow. now, you know, so um, it, everything that we do, um, you can see a direct correlation with the Lord's hand being in it. Yeah. Um, we support almost 100 different agencies across Galveston County. That's from churches to libraries, schools. Um, we distribute close to 10 million pounds of food a year. Wow. Um, we touch uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Um, new statistics just came out for Galveston County. Um, before COVID, we were looking at about 50,000 people per day that face food insecurity. It's jumped up to almost 70,000. Mm. Um, and so the need is real. For most people, you just, you don't think of going without food. You can just go to your refrigerator if you want to go to McDonald's or whatever. Um, but, but that's not the case for everyone. Um, we, we have a tendency to look at the elderly and children first. Um, new statistics are showing with mental health that nutrition has a big part of it. In Galveston County, on the island, particularly in Galveston, uh, 60% of all the high school kids there face uh, diabetes or, or wow. pre-diabetes. Oh my goodness. Um, it's huge. Yeah. Um, so um, there's a lot more, the food bank offers a lot more than just food. Um, we're supporting other um, nonprofits in the sense of uh, um, supporting their efforts in in social services, whether it be rent, utilities, healthcare, things like that. So uh, we are, uh, we serve more people in Galveston County than any other nonprofit. And so we're kind of the hub that, that we can distribute the information to these people that are in need. So um, we're looking at some new software packages that we can share with others that they can look and see uh, what services are needed and things like that. Um, SNAP benefits, WIC, all those services are available too. Awesome. So. Yeah, um, a couple of things uh, there. A, you know, you talk about the need, you know, and of course, we who live in Friendswood, we kind of know Friendswood, Lake City, Clear Lake, Pearland, you know, as uh, we know that there's a lot of affluence here kind of in this area, but, and, and, and so I think sometimes it can be like, oh yeah, well that makes sense in other places. But I remember you telling me like, hey, it's not just out in these other cities, right? It's right here in our own community that y'all are serving. Um, we service three churches here, um, Mary Queens, United Methodist, and then uh, Calvary Chapel. Yeah. And uh, they run pantries and we supply them at no cost, all the food that they need. Mm -hmm. um, if they call us and say, hey, we need 10 pallets of food, boom, it's on the way. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and that's kind of an interesting thing because uh, with y'all's partnering with other, 
nonprofits or churches or whatever, um, whatever type of organization, um, it allows y'all's, not only do y'all get to be the, the hub, but it, it kind of, you know, uh, there's this beautiful like flow of, of energy and work going on there. Like there's, there's no way you could do all the work yourselves you know, right. on the distribution side of things, right? And, and there's no way that they could even get all the stuff that they need to distribute. And so, uh, so it's a beautiful partnership that way. Um, but you also, uh, you know, Brother Mike's gonna come up in a few minutes and talk about 4BDRN. Uh, I know that you and John have been able to connect since they've been there, there in Texas City and y'all been able to uh, partner with them as well. Yeah, so uh, they get shipments of disinfectant, water, things like that, and so, He's so gracious to share it with us. We have we have so many outlets that we can distribute that stuff, and in non-disaster times, you know he's sitting on product and yeah. What do I do with it? Yeah. Let me call the food bank. They can get rid of it. Yeah. And we can. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's awesome. Um, and so. Uh, I'm sure you could talk about the need. You could talk about the services. You could talk about all those. Um, one of the things that we kind of want to highlight, though, is, you know, what opportunities are there for volunteers uh, at the through the food bank itself? I mean, yes, y'all 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 partner with other people who who do their own um, distributions, but y'all y'all need volunteers at the the center itself. Right. So we get we'll get in a semi load of. 50 pound bags of carrots. And so they come in these big um, bags and we'll have to break those down and put them in individual sacks that we can take them and give them to our agencies or to uh, our mobile distribution. What's a mobile dis distribution is where we load up a semi and go out in a parking lot and just people line up with their cars and drive by and we pass out food. And we do, uh, we do those six days a week hmm. in Galveston County, all over the county. but. Um, but yeah, so we get those semi loads in the food, whether it be cucumbers, oranges. And the problem is, is that because of the food that we get, um, it's called an 80, 20 rule, 80% good, 20% bad. And, uh, so not only are you putting it bags, but you're looking at it, making sure it's, it's not damaged in any way. Yeah. So if you have sorting skills. Right, um, which I think any mother uh, who has, uh, or, or uh, let me not be a chauvinist here, anybody who's done laundry, right, um, you can, you know what to do here. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's something that y'all probably need that done. All the time. Like, round the clock almost, yeah, right? And is, one person can, can make a difference on that. So yeah. it isn't like um, there has to be a big group, two people. Yeah. better so you have somebody to talk with yeah it's hot in our warehouses in the summer cold in the winter man but, you're but dreamy you're just, right just amazing just, <laughs> just just want to be open yeah uh, but i'll tell you what if you can ever get away during the day um we have an on-site pantry um, we service about 300 families a day the line is backed up around the block but that is probably the single most rewarding thing you'll ever do mm. when you get to meet and hear some of the stories of the people that uh, are having to use our services. They're not homeless people. They're not just, well, there are some, there are some. Some people who take advantage of the situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not always the case, right? But some of the most humble and gracious people that you'll ever um, see. I've never had to use the services of a food bank but I've had stories told to me um, by people that 
it's the most humbling thing you'll ever have to do is use our services. And so to hear their stories and to get to interact with them, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and to see some of those people that have had to, particularly during the time of Harvey, that, that then come back and volunteer their services and uh, uh, for them to share. And real quickly, there's a dentist in League City. Um, new, new graduated, starting his own practice. COVID hits, house payment, car payment, two children at home. Mm. Mom, uh, his wife stays at home with the kids. He still has to pay for all his equipment, everything. Can't see a patient. Boom, what does he do? The creditors are knocking on his door. He's gotta come and use our food bank. And mm -hmm. uh, now he's a regular, his staff, yeah. they, they come and volunteer and, and just, awesome. uh, just an amazing story. But had it not been for us getting them the food, putting him in contact with other agencies that could help, um, no telling where he'd be. Yeah. So yeah. It's, just, just, it's just wonderful. Uh, if you get a chance, come. Uh, our pantry is is uh, a busy place. Yeah, and that's awesome. Um, you know, whenever you think about that sorting thing, one of the things that I got in my mind is that's one of these sitting down at somebody's feet, washing them. You know, nobody's nobody's looking at you. You're in a hot warehouse. It's stuff that you see. It's an assembly line. And no. nobody nobody will know that you played a role in that. Yeah. Um, but God does. Yeah. God does. And what did Jesus say? Don't let your right hand know what your, your left hand is doing or vice versa. However, he said it. He said it best. But y'all know what I'm saying. Um, well, let me just say this, too. Um, the Lord has played such a huge, remarkable role in the food bank. Um, we're part of Feeding America, which there's 270 food banks across the country. There's, um, we're part of Feeding Texas which there's 21 food banks in the state of Texas, and we all work collectively. Um, <clears throat> not all food banks um, are created equal. Not, of them, not all of them believe in, in the power of the Lord, the power of prayer. We do. Um, but when I first went there, um, they did a, a raffle for a gun. And uh, I believe this wholeheartedly, hands down, uh, the guy that was there before me said, oh yeah, we gave the gun away. Um, it was a great success. Well, after he left, I'm in the closet cleaning it out. There's that gun. And, uh, it's a gun I wanted. I love to hunt. <laughs> thinking, well, Hey, I just take this home. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> and, uh, just for that brief second, um, the Holy Spirit came over me and said, don't you do it. I called up one of our board members and I said, you need to get this gun out of here. <laughs> yeah. But I really believe the Lord was giving me a, a path. This one or this one. Hmm. Take this one, take that gun, you're done. Take this one, I'm going to bless you. Hmm. And yeah. so the Holy Spirit just, I mean, broke me at that moment and said, how dare you even think of such a thing? But I did. <laughs> but... The Lord has so blessed in every area, and I wish I could take the credit that um, it's something I've done great, but it's not. Um, it's it's the people and the Lord, yeah. and it's been such a wonderful to see the success that that we've had. And I'll tell you, it, it's going to be public soon, but 
Um, the Texas Department of Agriculture just gave us $1.7 million. Oh, wow. um, we, we, we so desperately knew, need new software and things like that, and we're gonna need a new building. And so it's just those little things that, I mean, one point seven. That's not a little thing. Not, not, not a little thing by any stretch of imaginations, but but it, it's just it's just, and I say this all the time. I don't believe in miracles. I just expect them. Yeah. You know, the Lord's hand is so so been played such a major role in it, and it and it's at times humbling, mm -hmm. um, but it's just it's the power of prayer, not only for this church but all the churches mm -hmm. and. and uh, I tell everybody, you know, you're more than welcome to the food bank. You own it, not me. <laughs> you want to come in my office and look in their drawers? <laughs> By all means, it's yours. Yeah. Um, but um, God has played such a major role in, in not only our our food bank, but, yeah. but all these nonprofits that that it just so many people are just have hearts as big as Texas mm -hmm. and. and uh, I'm not one of those people. I just, I'd never, but the Lord has put me in that position to give me that kind of heart. That's awesome. That's you a know. great testimony, Brother Donnie. Man, that's so good. Yeah, you don't, ha what if you don't have that heart? Well, what do you do? When you start, yep, you start doing the work, the Lord will build it. Yeah. Brother Donnie, we love you. We are so proud of you. I, I'm like, as your pastor, I'm proud of you um, in, in the good biblical sense of proud of you, you know? Um, no. <laughs> well, Macaulay and, and I, I've done some speaking things and I don't know why they asked me, but, but uh, you know, it's always good to see our pastor and they go, you sure you're not the other way around? Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, when we were doing Votel. Yeah. It was really fun. Uh, they always thought I was the pastor. Yeah. I, I'm like the youth pastor, the intern or something. It's so good. I love it. Um, well, listen, we love you. Um, we are proud of you, and we want to serve with you. Y'all mark down on your calendars the weekend of March 25th, um, either that Friday or that Saturday. We are going to organize a day for us to serve, um, and, uh, and we'll be getting details out about that. Um, but um, uh, So y'all go ahead and mark that down. But, um, but right now, let's just let's just... Uh, give him a word of blessing, um, a prayer of blessing. Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for Brother Donnie. I thank you for the awesome testimony that he shared here, Lord, the vulnerability that he shared with us here, Lord. Um, and Lord, I, I'm thankful that he overcame temptation and that, Lord, he's on this path where you are, you're blessing the work of his endeavors and then the work of the food bank, Lord. Uh, Lord, we pray and we ask that you continue to protect him, continue to help him uh, make those wise, right decisions. Uh, Lord, uh, we also um, thank you that you are shaping him and forming him and do more like your son, Jesus. And uh, what, a, what a way that you're doing this, Lord. That's so, so wonderful. Um, we lift up him. We lift up his uh, wonderful wife and family and uh, the work that they're doing at the food bank. And we pray your blessings over them in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. I got it. You're good. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. As he's going down, I'm going to ask Brother Mike to go ahead and come up. Brother Mike, do you want to come all the way up or do you want to stand right here? Right here, okay.
You know what, Mike? You're going to have to talk, all right? You can't just point at me. You can't just point at me. No, I'm not going to get up there. Humiliate me like that. <laughs> uh, this is Brother Mike Phillips. Brother Mike Phillips um, is our coordinator for the 4B Disaster Response Network. And, um, you know, why don't you tell them, like, one of the... And if y'all don't know what the 4B Disaster Response Network is, you don't know how to understand a title, but Disaster Response <laughs> Network. No, uh, 2017, the 4B uh, churches in this area, from, uh, from the Beltway to the beach, from Brazoria County to the Bay, uh, got together and put together a dis Disaster Response Network in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. And, um, and Brother Mike served with us then, and he has had a heart for uh, that work, and he's been um, acting as our coordinator for the past uh, year. And um, he's having some fits with that, but we'll get to that in a minute. But um, why don't you tell us just a couple of things that are really great going on at the, uh, at the 4B Disaster Response Net Network right now? Well, uh, some of you have met John Effenberger. He is the most humble, God-fearing man I know that I've met mm -hmm. in this whole state. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, he's ever been as God-fearing as Donnie is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he has put together an organization that has become the go-to organization in this area for disaster relief and also all the, a lot of the other cities in the state are coming here to see how John put this thing together and what he's done. And they're trying to mirror it. Yeah. John's worked hourlessly doing this yeah. on his own. There's a, I think we've got 12 or 13 churches that are tied in and providing volunteers. Some of these other churches are a lot more active than we are, and that bothers me. Hmm. I would like us to have a team down there frequently just like these other churches doing things within the building until you've been there and seen the building you can't appreciate what this is this is an old gymnasium that they have taken over and built in offices a commercial kitchen, bedrooms, showers, and a storage area. As Donnie was saying, we store a lot of stuff from all over the nation. People send things to us. So we're not asking for money or anything. We're asking for time. Mm. We're asking for people to come help us. The flood events are not the only thing that we serve. There are a lot of people that get 
flooded out during normal rains mm -hmm. that we're unaware of here mm -hmm. because it's not affecting us. Mm -hmm. But 4B helps those people. We're also working on a plan with Donnie where when we have these major events, our people can access the food that Donnie has and take it with us to these homes that we're working in to help these people get along. But what I'm asking for our church to do, and I don't need a bunch of people, four or five of you, volunteer to make up a group that we can depend on for an immediate response. Now that's not all the people we would need. Right. Doesn't have to be a man, it can be women. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? <laughs> you said that. I know, <laughs> I know that some of these women can wield a hammer. I've seen it. <laughs> Better so. than some of these. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's welcome. But uh, uh, John is going to come speak to us sometime during this forthcoming year. And... Uh, I would just, as I said, I would like for us to get a team together and go down there and and participate in some of these work days. They're, they teach the crews how to do various functions, sheetrocking, you know, mucking out things, all this, and... Uh, We've got some experienced people like Ron, and we can provide a service to the community through this organization. Yep, yep. Well, thank you, Brother Mike. And listen, let me echo what he's saying here is A, yes, some of you are, if you're thinking about what, who needs to be doing this kind of stuff, well, if you have skills, any type of DIY home improvement skills, you can, uh, you would be perfect for this. If you don't have skills, like he said, they teach and they are really good teachers at, uh, at these things. And, and I can tell you, I went, um, after, after we did all the mucking gut out, uh, eight days of hope came in and we were actually rebuilding homes and I was working alongside, um, you know, and, these these couples who had retired and they're traveling around the country now uh, with eight days of hope and, and volunteering their uh, weeks at a time to go and uh, and uh, you know so like he said everybody like they can find a, a a use for everybody whenever you are doing these types of projects but right now the focused project that they're kind of trying to do is uh, finish the build out of this. Um, of their center there in Texas City. And so um, two things, if you are interested in becoming and in, in serving in any way with a 4B DRN, this is the guy to see, Mike Phillips. He will be at the back. He, he has a sheet of paper. He wants to get uh, some contact information, not only from people who just want to volunteer, but also uh, for um, us first responders team. And then um, uh, he's gonna, we're gonna be putting a date out 
uh, this next week about, um, so you can mark it down in your calendar about a time that we're going to go as a church and serve there. So everybody, what do we say to Brother Mike Phillips for sharing his heart with us this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. We love you. And then finally this morning, I want to invite my wife, Brittany Austin, um, to come up here. And uh, y'all can welcome her as she comes to. Hey, Brittany, how are you doing? Why don't you just go ahead and have a seat? She just, she gets up here, she says, you're not going to interview me, are you? What have we been doing here, sweetheart? Uh, No, I'm just joking. Um, Brittany, tell tell, um, who you're with and uh, what your role is uh, now. Okay. I, number one, did not know I was going to be closing today, so (laughs) that's great. Um, I'm with Family Promise. You all know mostly about Family Promise, but for those of you who don't, Family Promise is an organization that partners with 13 area churches, really 16, but 13 that rotate keeping families in their church um, for one week at a time. These are families that are at risk of being homeless, and these are not the normal families that you think of when you think of homeless people. It is people who my cousin in Alabama who has a boyfriend with cancer say they he can't work and he's at risk of losing his house. This, these are the type of people that we're serving. We're mm-hmm. serving people who, women who left ab- abusive husbands and now they can't afford to live on their own. Family Promise is there for people like that. Um, Family Promise is also there for people who just are down on their luck and mm-hmm. cannot afford rent, can't get the credit to get an apartment, anything like that. Um, I think what it has done is changed my view of homelessness and I would say that it probably has changed a lot of y'all's view of homelessness as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were singing the song, Child of God, it said, you know, um, in my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I thought if family promise is not an embodiment of anything, that's what family promise is. Like if, if this church building is just a small representation of what the house of God is, then how awesome that we're doing that for people every time that they're in these doors. That's good. Yeah, I like that. And then how do you serve with Family Promise? Well, um, like Donnie, I just started with Family Promise. Um, It's funny, I was holding Walker. We started Family Promise when Seth was that age. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a brand new baby the first time that we hosted, and he's about to turn five. Um, I actually was not happy about Family Promise coming to our church, if (laughs) I was honest. I was like, we do not need one more thing. Um, and now I serve as a secretary of the board. And so um, I guess one day I might be CEO of Family Promise. Who knows if I follow Donnie's trajectory. Um, so, yes, I, uh, I started volunteering through our church. I joined the board of trustees last year, and now I'm the um, secretary of awesome. the board. And then um, uh, what does it look like for somebody to volunteer uh, with Family Promise whenever we have like a week. Let's just say whenever we're uh, hosting something. So the cool thing about that is that um, we have so many different areas for people in our church to serve at Family Promise. Um, Byron, he doesn't love to stay here overnight. He prefers the comfort of his own home. But what he does whenever Family Promise comes is he'll team up with someone like Faith and say, hey, I'll give you some money, Faith. How about you cook the meal for the family that night? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool way of someone who might think, I can't help with Family Promise, saying, oh, actually, I can help with Family Promise. 
um, Donnie and Kim, uh, every time I tried to say, Donnie, come stay at the church, he would say, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not sleeping on those little tiny cots. <laughs> and, but every Sunday when Family Promise came in, they stayed and they set up the rooms and they um, made the beds. Kim Rangel is always making the beds for mm. me. Um, and then we have the people who regularly host. I mean, so many of you have stayed overnight at the church. Um, uh, Darren always has a, a guy's night with Macaulay. Um, <laughs> if Kyle's not fighting him for a guy's <laughs> night, um, it's just, there's so many opportunities. We have had, um, some people who will come and provide the groceries for the week for the, the snacks that the kids like, you know, we provide meals, but kids like snacks. And so we have people that say, okay, I can't cook a meal, but I'm going to give you $50 to go to HEB and get them whatever they want. Yeah. Um, uh, or they go to HEB and, and then spend. washing the sheets yes. too. Whenever they leave, we've got all those sheets and um, that's an opportunity to serve. There's just so many opportunities yeah. uh, because I think what overwhelms us is we're like, I don't want to stay at the church. I've got kids. I've got to get them to school. Um, and there's so many other opportunities to help that week. That's good to know. Thank you. Um, and then there's also opportunities to serve family promise whenever we're not hosting. Um, and do you know? Yeah. Um, well, there's, I mean, just like uh, one church did, and maybe this is something we should do, but they threw an Easter egg hunt for the families last year. And so that was like a really cool way that that church served the families. Um, they had all kinds of door prizes and giveaways. Uh, there are opportunities to serve on the board of Family Promise. <laughs> if you were interested in that, we are always looking to add people. Um, and then... Just, Are they still doing office angels? Oh, office angels. Yeah, yeah. so they, uh, at the day center, they like to have people come in and answer phone calls two days a week. So there's office angels. There are opportunities for babysitting and childcare. Every Tuesday night, uh, the families are taking some kind of class, a financial literacy class, a parenting class, um, work interview classes. And so every time they need um, babysitters. And so they provide meals, but they um, have... We have those opportunities. We have um, uh, fundraising opportunities. We, a lot of us have gone to the galas um, the last two years. Um, those galas take a lot of manpower. I'm volunteering. I mean, I'm organizing volunteers for the gala. So if you, you want to have a fun night, um, get a free meal, and then do lots of work, <laughs> I'm the person to come to for that. Yeah. So. Awesome. And then uh, when's our next uh, Family Promise Host? Our next Family Promise Host week is the week of Easter, yeah. I just discovered this morning. <laughs> Um, we will get the families on Palm Sunday and then they will leave Easter morning. And I kind of think that's a really cool opportunity to serve mm -hmm. the families. I always love when it's around a small holiday. Um, we've never actually had a family for Thanksgiving or Christmas mm -hmm. and that's going to be a hurdle when we do. There's mm -hmm. no way around that. Not people don't want to stay at the church on their holidays. Yeah. Um, but I love the small ones because you get to give them little gifts. And so I'm excited mm -hmm. about that. I think that's going to be a really cool opportunity. And I'm happy to announce that Miss Barbara um, has taken over the role of our church coordinator. Mm -hmm. So it was just getting um, a little bit much for me to be secretary of the board and then also being the church coordinator. And so I put out a plea and said, hey, I would like for you to prayerfully consider doing this. And she said, okay, with your help. And I said, okay. So um, her and I will be uh, in the next couple of weeks reaching out to organize that host week. So think about it. Again, you don't have to stay at the church. You can say, hey, Brittany, I'll give $100 for groceries. Or, hey, I would love to give the kids a little Easter basket. How many kids? We've got four kids right now. So yeah. that's another um, great opportunity. And then I think the last thing I wanted to say about Family Promise was that um, – the experience that it's been for me is that I'm a selfish person 
And I truly believe that one of the best ways to get over selfishness is to serve other people. Mm -hmm. And so Family Promise has just been such an opportunity for me to get under myself. Mm. And um, I'm so thankful for that. I just was thinking about some of the stories that I've learned over the years. You know, moms that have come in who their kids are, um, you know, uh, at risk of being kicked out of school because they're in trouble. And, and they come in and in this church, they've been able to fall apart and just cry and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go from here. Um, other women who have said, you know, I was like, facing streets and um, then I found out about this program and now my kids who are very um, emotionally just like drained have found love and um, and comfort here there's a little boy his name is Lupe but he goes by the name fat cat that's his <laughs> and the last time that they were here um, I brought my kids up and uh, we had some friends that were spending the night and they brought a soccer ball and they were kicking it around and Fat Cat would not go near them. He was very intimidated. Um, he's seven years old, but finally we got him out there playing soccer. And then the rest of the week, if I showed up at the church without my kids, he was mad at me for not having them. And so I'm just, I just love that we have the opportunity for those kinds of experiences and um, just giving that little boy someone to play with for a night. So. Yeah, and um, to that, my boys are always mad if they cannot stay at Family yeah. Promise. That's us. what I was yeah. thinking. It yeah. was cool about Seth being Walker's age, yeah. a, a baby. Literally, I, I carried him in in a carrier, and now he's like, is it Family Promise? Can I stay with Dad at yeah. Family Promise? Can I go up there and play? So yeah. it's just really cool that something that I begrudged our church getting involved in, <laughs> if I'm being honest, has now become like such a part of my kids' lives, too, yeah. and like that it allows them to see um, – how much they have to be thankful for and how little other people have in ways that they can serve. Yeah, it's so. good. Thank you very much. Uh, we love you and uh, I'm glad that you will not be coordinating us anymore. Um, <laughs> thank you, Miss Barbara, for stepping up for that. Uh, well, listen, these are the opportunities that we have. And like I said, these opportunities we want to provide uh, as a church, but everything we do is we do it as disciples, but we do it with the intention of making disciples or maturing other disciples. And so everything that we do, if we facilitate it, it's not just that we go, oh, I checked it off my list. I did my service project. You know, um, These are not community service hours that you are just logging here. This is the way in which we are trying to shape our lives to look more like Jesus. And I thank Brother Donnie for sharing his heart about how, hey, look, his heart's being formed into somebody who serves and who, who can care about these needs where he might not have cared about those needs before. I'm thankful that my wife shared that, uh, you know, she is a selfish person because now I can say it freely and I just like feel like, yeah, y'all, y'all know what I've been dealing with. No, um, no, but, but that this is shaping her and it's forming her to be more like Jesus. Um, I want to close this morning, and I want to think about the rest of that story. Um, if you know the story where Jesus is washing his disciples' feet, one of his disciples spoke up against it. Do y'all remember that disciple's name? Peter. Even That would be a safe answer, even if you didn't know it, right? Because Peter's always the one who speaks up. But, and Peter said, no, don't wash my feet. And then Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have a part in my kingdom. And Peter said, okay, well then wash me head to toe. Then. <laughs> I'll take all that you can give me. 
And Jesus said, it's going to be sufficient that I wash your feet. Um, just a couple things for us as we think about serving. Um, and we think about like Jesus getting down there. A, he got down there and his disciples were thrown by what he was doing. When we serve people, when we serve people in need, or when we serve people who are different than us, other than us, um, people who love us and care for us, they might question what we're doing. They might go, well, what, well, I, don't know, I don't know that you should be. They might judge you. I don't think you should be doing that. Um, that happens. Something to take note of. Um, when you serve people and you wash their feet, they don't always go, oh, thank you so much. Sometimes they act like they didn't need your help, like Peter. I, I don't need you to wash me. I, I can wash my own feet, Jesus. There's a lot of barriers there that we have to work through. Pride, uh, despair. You know, sometimes people come into Family Promise, and one of the things that we always want our volunteers to know is, like, we do not hold those guests to any, like, standard of that they have to sit out there and they have to talk to us and they have to be jovial or whatever. They are coming into their home, and what we want people to do is sometimes you come home and you are ready to tell everybody about your day, and some days you come home and you just need to decompress. But listen, if you're up there and you're, I'm preparing a meal for them and you come in and the family comes in, and kids go straight past you without looking at you. Oh, those rude little kids. They're kids. They're like Peter. They don't always understand what you're doing. And so when you serve people, they don't always understand. They don't always appreciate it. They don't always under, like, get what you're doing. And we have to know these things. Sometimes, uh, like, like Peter, sometimes people want you to do more than what you're doing. Oh, no, no, not just my feet. Head to toe. And some people, sometimes people take advantage of your service and they, they ask you for more. And these are things that we have to know. And, and here's what I want to say is you go in knowing them. So you can prayerfully prepare yourself that no matter what, I'm going in like Jesus and I'm coming out like Jesus. Could you imagine if Jesus had just had it with Simon Peter? I mean, you could probably get over Simon Peter uh, at some point, I would imagine. You know, what if he was, Simon was like, no, you don't need to be doing that. Hey, fine, you know what? I was, tr I was trying to show you something. Yeah, have you all ever done that as a parent? You know, like your kids are like, they're not getting it. You're like, Ugh. what if Jesus did that? But he doesn't. He's patient. And he presses on and he endures. And then Simon, okay, Simon, you just need me to wash your feet so you can be part of my kingdom. Simon's going to get it. Simon's going to get it. Simon's going to get it. And then Simon's like, okay, well, then wash all. No, Simon, why can't you get it? You know, you just cannot get it. I need more. And Jesus is patient and presses on. And he loves Simon. Here's something that's beautiful about the story of Peter throughout the gospel of John. And... Um, you really don't see Peter transformed until the very end. 
And so what I want to say about that is Jesus knew even as he was washing his feet, Peter not only doesn't get it now, he might not ever get it. But I'm going to show him my love through service. And my brothers and my sisters, I would encourage us that we don't just get excited and get warm feelings about the possibility of serving, but we understand the reality and the rigors of serving. But when we serve, we have the ability to show people not only our love, but the love of Jesus. And his love was revealed not only in humbling himself and washing feet, but then actually laying down his life on the cross. Maybe that's why Jesus said, when you give somebody a cup of water in my name, you've given it unto me. You've, when you serve somebody, you, you've, in, you've in your way laid down your life. It reveals that, but also it gives us the opportunity not to show people who Jesus is, but as we've seen today, but to become more like Jesus ourselves. And so my brothers and my sisters, as we think about being on mission this year, we are doing so, so that we can show Jesus and we can become even more like Jesus. And with that, I say, amen. Amen. Would y'all join me for a word of prayer? And then our praise team is going to sing us out today. Lord God, I love you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the great testimonies that we've heard. I thank you that, Lord, you don't just call people who, who've already been fully formed into serving people, but you use you call people who need to be formed into serving people. That's awesome. What a picture of your, your grace, your goodness, your wisdom, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray and I just ask that you would be with us as we receive everything that we've received today. What you need to speak to us, might we process it? Might we bring it to you and talk to you about it? Lord, um, might we also receive it? Might we apply it to our lives, I pray. I pray and I ask that you would um, continue to be with us, continue to help us not only uh, support missions, pray for missions, but help us to be on mission. And as we do, the world may know who your son is through our service, through our love. And Lord, as we do, we might be looking more and more like Jesus each and every day. I pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. Everybody say with me. Amen. Next Sunday, we will have missionary uh, Sean and Amy Sullivan with Mission 823 with us. It's going to be a blast. And then we'll have a fellowship dinner afterwards. Uh, what we also will be doing is we will be collecting all of our uh, faith promise mission giving commitments. If you've not turned one in, um, a paper copy or you've not done one online, uh, please be praying about that this week. And then um, and we'll collect them all next week. And then we'll let you all know uh, after our service by uh, in our Tuesday email, what our faith promise commitment is. Uh, but with that, uh, we'll see you next week. Brother Let's Mitch. stand up together. Okay.